Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, welcome to BT Sports Podcast Life's a Pitch. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Martin Lipton of The Sun and Tom Hopkinson of The People. It's being billed as Bale against Ronaldo, homeboy against Superman, hope against hype. But this is about a true team, an inspired manager, national pride and the no-fear factor. England aren't being missed at the Euros, so can Wales reach the final, Martin? Well, they certainly can. They have to play exceedingly well. They have to make... Uh, light of the key absences of, of Davis and, and Ramsey. But they seem to have a focus now, which has been fantastic. And that performance against Belgium, particularly in adversity when they went one down, was a sign of a team that truly believed in what it's doing, that has a, a fairly sensible, simple game plan, but sticks to it with s- sufficient rigidity when it matters in terms of defensive organisation, but then with the fluency to play when they get the chance. And, and I think that's what st- stood out, that they've been playing with freedom throughout the tournament, it's not worried about the situation, they've just gone out and played and they need to be able to stick to that, to not get overcome with excitement about the prize that's on offer and just play the game. Mm-hmm. wise old football man once told me that what a player or a coach or even a manager needs in football is trauma. Now, Chris Coleman had that. He took over in terrible circumstances from his friend. He had a terrible start, 6-1 defeat against Serbia. Yeah, he's grown out of that. I, he's, I've been hugely impressed by him. The whole team had a trauma, the whole squad, you know, the whole nation. Um, you know, I don't think any of us will forget hearing the news mm. that uh, Gary Speed had died. And uh, for, for the Wales team to pull themselves together, I mean, it, it's just been so impressive. But you think back four years, uh, there were calls for Coleman to go. So many Wales fans just didn't think he was the right man for the job, couldn't see that he'd I'm not sure he thought he was the right man for the job <laughs> no, at some yeah, point. And he, yeah. He's admitted that at yeah. times, hasn't he? You know, and, and just how close he was to walking away. But the way, the way they have, they've, they've manifested this together stronger... And it's really that the whole squad has grown out. Because the it. difference but is, they believe that with England, it's a hashtag. Yeah, absolutely, and and they, they do. I mean, I love the WhatsApp group. When whenever you hear Ashley Williams talking about the uh, the WhatsApp group that the team mm. have got, you know, players dipping in and out of it. When obviously he said Gareth Bale was a little bit uh, absent from it during the Champions League final around that time. But it is. It's, it's almost like the, that group of mates who you know the, the, the Sunday morning mentality almost. Mm. That, let's go out for a drink the night before, and then the next morning we're we're all in it together. And I think that served well so well. I mean, I, I think with Coleman. He won't be doing too much different to, to what he did in the days as Fulham manager, you know, and, and, and wherever else he's managed. It's not like he's come up with this 
wonderful master plan that's that's totally different to a lot of other coaches. But he's just he's just got a group of players who are are, are believing in him, trusting in him, and and he is proving that everything he has been doing before, you know, he is a good manager, uh, and it's it's worked incredibly well for them. It's one of the great lessons, Martin, that if you look at Wales, John Toshak, go back to him. He introduced players now who are 25, 26, 27, got 60, 70 caps. Then Gary Speed gave them that sort of spiritual leadership. And what Cookie Coleman has done is put the, the finishing touch in as much as that he's given the practicalities of being a winning team. Yeah, most buildings, when you see them, they're not designed, built and finished by the same bloke. You know, different people have input at different stages of of the process and and this is Chris Coleman being the bloke who puts on the, the finishing touches, who, you know, makes sure the, the, the colour schemes look right and all of that because the foundation's been put in place by Toshet, they've been built on by uh, by speed and then he having had a rocky period when he fell out with his some of his architects as it were and it wasn't quite forward and he wasn't happy with what he was getting and he thought the thing was falling down, has ended up finishing the, the, the project off and they're having now the time of their lives and it's it's fascinating to see that. Um, it's the key, though, surely, is they're able to play without any fear of the consequences of failure, mm. and that's the biggest difference between them and, and England. I would say, you know, that Wales are playing as a team that are just enjoying the moment rather than fearing the moment. Mm. One of my colleagues wrote in the, the Sunday People over the weekend that if you look back six or seven years uh, to the under-21 side that Brian Flynn had, you know, a lot of these players were playing together then. So as Martin says, they, they really have mm. grown up together and matured together and, and they're reaping the rewards of, of that system being in place. Is it also, though, a state of mind? I can remember about a year or so ago uh, doing something for, for BT Sports website, going to see Gareth Bale, at Wales's uh, HQ, you know the, the hotel I've got on Cardiff Bay, and you know we did the interview in the penthouse. Came downstairs, of course. Then went into the bar, and Gareth was going on to do a, a senior players meeting with with the manager, and they did it in the bar. There was you know him, Ashley Williams, uh, um, Aaron Ramsey, three or four of them, mm. and they did it in the middle of a bar where people were completely unfazed, like almost a Sunday league team. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I feel a little bit for, for England, uh, not totally, uh, but I don't know that England could get away with that necessarily. I don't know if uh, Wayne Rooney and the England manager could sit in a public bar and not be absolutely mobbed and not have uh, press, paparazzi, everyone on them. But I, I agree totally that, that it is beneficial to Wales that they can do that. And I also, you know, I, I think that the, the paranoia that is in place with England, as, as Martin talked about, you know, the pressure that is on them, is, is what has really contributed to um, uh, to the failure uh, at this tournament. But I think I think the one thing we must remember, though, is that if Wales do go on to win it, England are the only team to have beaten them. And uh, <laughs> as, as the Scottish what, said in 1967... Quite... <laughs> have you seen? All four semi-finalists have lost to England in the last nine months. It shows how pointless friendlies are. <laughs> yeah. But it's actually a fact. They beat Germany, they beat France, they beat Portugal, and they've beaten Wales in the tournament. Yeah. Can we dwell on... Gareth Bale, because you know this will be hyped up as Bale Absolutely, against Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, he is a humble superstar, and I know that might seem a contradiction in terms, but it's true, isn't yeah. it? Well, I, like, I always like Gareth ever since I first met him. I found that that's he always seems very willing to help, and he like, he understands where he comes from. His parents are great in keeping him grounded as well. They've always been very good at that. It's the thing I've noticed. They follow him when they can. Their pride is enormous, but they always try to remember where you come from, son. And I think that's that's mm. part of it with him. 
he was very shy as well, wasn't yes. he? When, when you know, we used to speak to him in mix zones after Tottenham games, and um, you know, sometimes it was almost like dragging blood from a stone trying to get quotes out of him. But mm. what, not that there's no personality there, but just the sort of shyness and, and the humility that, uh, that that Martin talked about. But it's, I mean, it's a huge game for him. I know people, uh, you know, the media will build it up as the battle between Bell and Ronaldo and, and people on That's the inside. Because it, well, it is, well, it is. Yeah, but people will try and knock it down within yeah. within football circles as well. But you know, you, you do get the feeling that this year it could be a bit of a ceremonial passing of the baton, really, because mm. if if Bale if if Wales win this game and Bale goes on to shine in the semi final, because he's not been at his absolute best, has no, he? During the this Russia game but, was the one he really played but, well. But if, mm. if if he comes good in the semi final and perhaps in the final. On the back of the season he's had for, uh, or the end of the season he's had for Real Madrid, if he goes in, takes that into the first half of next season, then there could there could well be uh, another Real Madrid man in for the Ballon d'Or rather than Ronaldo. And and also there's a lot of talk already about Real Madrid giving him a new contract as a, as a oh, yeah. almost like a symbol of his accession to the throne. To now. be fair, I, they were always going to. Yeah, I don't, this idea that he was that. going to leave was utter nonsense. He has no wish to leave. They have no wish to sell him. Why would he go? You know, it doesn't matter what the bid is. They don't want. To, they see him as the, he's younger than Ronaldo. They see him as the next five years, mm. and there'll come a point when they decide that it's somebody else's turn. But they, Perez has put, invested a lot of his personal stake in Bale succeeding. He will be delighted to see what's going on because it's a justification and vindication of him going out and spending that enormous sum of money to get him in the first place three years ago. What will be fascinating, though, is how Ronaldo steps up uh, in, mm. in the semi-final because he, he's not had a great tournament either, has he? You know, he's, he's been a little bit quiet, not, not his usual self. And yet, if you look at the stats, everyone's talking up Gareth Bale. If you look at the stats that Ronaldo's got, I know what's he got five years on him uh, age-wise, but 547-odd goals career-wise compared to Bale's 100 and 140, 150, yeah. you know, so... If Bale's, Bale's almost got to score around 70 or 80 goals a year for the next three or four years to get anywhere close to what Ronaldo's achieved. So I don't think we should write him off no. just yet. And you well, what know about that... this tournament? Because it looks like you know Ronaldo has taken it upon himself. He said, right, OK, Portugal, they're a one-man team and I'm the man. Well, so he's, he's taken, taken that upon he's himself everywhere free he's kicks gone all there, over the place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and is he, does he need someone around him to say, well, hang on a second, look, you've missed three, four... Let someone else have a go. I think it's a bit different. I think I think in a team with no, if it's Harry Kane who's uh, taking three or four bad free kicks and, and corners, then then yeah. But I I just think Ronaldo has done enough over the years to to completely vindicate wanting to be that that main man. I mean, look, you, you just cannot argue with the number of the, the things he's won, the Ballon d'Ors he's won, individual accolades. He's a fabulous player, unbelievable. Still. I mean, player. and you you know that he can come to the party. That, that hungry game, second half, mm. he was untouchable. Yeah. He was. Incredible. He, could, he scored two. He could have scored as many again. He was. They didn't know what to do with him at all because he. I think he's better starting from the left than playing up top. I think that's been the problem that he's been playing too central. And actually, if you give him space left to come inside, he's possibly more dangerous because that's where he plays for Madrid more yeah. often than not. And then the, the the preening side of him, that mentality. You know, he will know that this. Even if Bale isn't thinking this is Bale versus Ronaldo. The other one certainly will be. Yeah, and, and also when you put it into that context, Tom, here is someone who gets the absolute maximum out of himself. You know, gets back at three in the morning from an away game, goes straight into a cryogenic chamber or an ice bath to make sure he's best prepared. Yeah. That's what that's what the sort of the photo shoot doesn't tell you. Yeah, it's the extra yards, isn't it? And and you know, top top players like Ronaldo. I mean, you know, the Beckhams of this world as well. You know, they they're players who have got an unbelievable amount of natural 
God-given talent, but they take it, their training levels, yes. uh, their willingness to work hard, their willingness to stay behind after training and put in the extra sessions, the extra gym work, you know, the, 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 the time that they spend working on their set pieces, the free kicks, the corners. That's why they are the the best players in the world, and and no amount of uh, no you know as you say all these holiday shots the the shorts rolled up and the yachts and everything like that. You'd do he's, it if you could. Of course you, you will. What do you mean if I could? I do. <laughs> you just don't look quite the same. But he's earned the right. I, I just think he's earned the right with the the way the way he's worked over the last decade decade and a half. Yeah. He, he deserves the everything he's got. What about the supporting cast, Martin? Hal Robson Carnu took the gamble of taking his yeah. contract down, scored a goal for the ages. Incredible goal. Fantastic goal. He's having the tournament of his life, and it will make his life, won't it? I, I would imagine he'll have a pretty decent offer from a decent club in the next uh, couple of weeks. Let's talk know four that. or five Premier League yeah, clubs. And, and, look, if he plays like that, absolutely right. I mean, he's clearly got talent. I mean, the, the turn for the second goal was uh, for the, yeah, the second goal against Belgium was, was staggering, wasn't it, in the circumstances... Um, and the composure to finish. Yes. And he did. It, he's been great. He scored the goal, the winning goal against Slovakia as well. Albeit it was a bit of a scuff, but he was in the right position. He's he's a very willing runner and a foil, which allows the others to play. And that's the thing. It's that they have a jewel in the crown, but the crown's in place. You know, the crown's got quite a bit of shine on it, even without the jewel. Mm. Just the jewel makes the difference, and that, that's. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see who does. Uh, push the button on a deal for Robson Cano though because before this tournament you, when, when we were all asked to make our predictions of the players who were going to be the star names and the, the great picks not one of us would have or can honestly say we would have gone yeah. for him and you know teams are going managers are going to judge what he's done over the last 10 years in the championship and when he's been in the Premier League I think as opposed to one goal it doesn't matter how good a goal it was it was an incredible moment in a, in a great game and a, a great performance but whether whether it earns him quite the uh, long term hmm. um, accolades that you know or, or contract should I say I, I, I'm not quite so sure. Mm. What about the impact of the loss of Aaron Ramsey and Ben Ben Davis has been very good yeah. at this tournament, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean it'd be interesting what they do. There's talk of potentially bringing Gunter into the middle three and playing Richards at right back rather than Collins. Gunter's more mobile. I suspect that might be mm. a better option because if it comes to pace, you'd rather have Gunter with half a chance of catching Ronaldo than Collins with no chance of catching Ronaldo. Mm. Uh, in midfield, Johnny Williams, I guess, will come in. I mean, he's energy. Could be Dave Edwards. I, I think Andy King would be the best option. But, any of them, but, know, but none of them are Ramsey either. No, they no. wouldn't have made the run for the second goal that Ramsey makes, I doubt. I think Andy King is possibly the, the closest to an Aaron Ramsey type, you know. And again, the confidence that Andy King that he will have that will be coursing through his veins on the back of I know he didn't play week in week out for Leicester but still having trained and been part of that group he will achieve that uh, he believes sorry that absolutely anything is possible but they are key they are key misses for them no question yeah. about that mm. and it's going to be difficult but Portugal without William Cavalier mm. who's been their mm. standouts their mm. holding midfielder so you know everyone gets suspensions that, that's the rules of the competition but should those rules be changed martin no. because well no two, i think perfectly valid. two bookings out of five well, that's, that's ludicrous that's 40% so don't get two bookings out of five i mean the the rules have been set up to ensure that no one misses the final through suspension that's the reason behind it hmm. because if you have and not if you say cut it off at the knockout after the last last 16 then you get a 
silly booking in the quarters, a silly booking in the semis, and you miss the final. That's not fair either. You know, whatever yeah. way you do but it, someone's going to miss out. In a sense, I, I think, I think, I think a sense, sense they're, develop, they're devaluing their own tournament. I, I think there's more sense in cutting it off after the group stage, you know, and particularly yeah. now we've got this ex extended format. I mean, before there was an argument that, no, it runs all the way through, uh, you know, and we're, and we're straight into it. We're straight into the hard games from the start. But, yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's a little bit petty to let them carry over. Mm. But at least Wales are in the tournament, England aren't. You know, Indeed if we, not. If we dare remind ourselves of that fact. We, you know, we've had a week or so to actually go through the inquest. Maybe the anger has subsided. Is there a little bit of almost apathy? <laughs> you know, I, I'm sensing it's, oh, here we go again. Well, I do think that... Let's be, we, we sat here a few weeks ago before it started and I said, well, you've got to remember England have never won a knockout game in the Euros. Why should they be expected to win four now? I mean, without... While I didn't expect them to get beat by Iceland, I'm not shocked they've gone out in the last 16. Mm. And the problem is, time and time again, England players turn up and they are so scared, rigid by playing in that shirt that they run out with their arms like this in a straitjacket. They are mm. mentally terrified and inhibited to an extent that other teams don't have. And that's the. You cannot tell me, man for man, that Wales are better than England. They're not. But in terms of being able to play with the freedom required, they are streets ahead. And the problem is that other major teams with players of the same talent as England don't have the mental baggage. And I don't care who the manager is, I don't care what the tactics are, I don't care how we approach it, unless you change the mentality of those players, it's not going to alter. They will always be found wanting and come up short because they collectively cannot cope with the burden of expectation and then when things go against them, they find themselves shrouded in fog and have no way out. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I sat here two or three weeks ago and, or a couple of weeks ago and defended the way that England had played to you, Mike. I mean, I, I still, you know, I, I don't think we should lose sight of the fact that against Russia we were the better side, against Wales we were the better side and won, against Slovakia we were the better side as well and played... I thought some nice football just without the finishing touches that that, that perhaps uh, the football we produced deserved and it was for me it, it was a lot better than a lot of what we've seen in the last few years but the that that Iceland game as you say the mentality switched and mm. and the, the minute we conceded the equaliser they're gone the, 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 there was no mental strength. There There's wasn't one call. person who stood up and said, I'm going to take this game by the horns and, and we will now get another goal yeah. and kick on. There's been a call, Tom, for psychologists to be involved you know, as part of the team structure in the mm. way that they are trying to do with the younger age groups. Yeah. Now, Steve Peters is probably the best in the business at that. And it seems to me that he really wasn't used, if he did, was used within the... T not used properly... Do we know what we're talking uh, about with this? Yeah, I mean, well, the, the inner chimps, isn't it? I mean, and, and you can't You've tell someone... you an entire zoo in that dressing room, Well, you, you can't tell someone... I, I think with the psychologists, I think you have to have them as part of your uh, part of your, ba your makeup, your backroom staff. I think it's wholly important. Um, and, and let's not kid ourselves, if Sam Allardyce becomes the next England manager, then he will definitely have that. So it, it's not just a fuddy-duddy, uh, you know, forward-thinking foreign coach who, who will think that way. Uh, it, it, everyone will think they need to be part of it. What I don't think you can... Can do is insist that everyone goes and sees them and if you take him with the, uh, take him to a tournament and 23 players don't feel that they want to go and see him you just have to respect that if only one player wants to go and see him as long as it that player it gets the the best out of him then you have to trust them we keep we keep we've criticized players so much for for not being grown-ups you know for being cosseted and uh, and and not thinking for themselves and i think that's part of it i think you take the sports psychologist with you and say lads he's there if you want to talk to him hmm. With the England manager's job, is it 
almost the ultimate red herring at the moment, Martin, simply because nothing really is going to change until the system changes. Nothing's going to change until the players are better. You know, I mean, I, I've now given up on any expectation for England at any tournament. Uh, yeah, but we said that two years ago after I know, Brazil. That, and, nothing's and, changed. Well, has it, though? Because before the tournament, we were revving it up again and we were all thinking well, they've played think... quite well, we've gone unbeaten in the qualifying yeah, I stages. Think anyone was, I don't think anyone... Well, everyone expected us to get to the quarter-finals or semi-finals. Well, I think quarter-finals You've got the optimism of a groom going into his seventh wedding that this time yeah, it's going to be the 100% right, yeah. But, I mean, I, you know, I... I, I I feel you wait till you wait till England beats Slovakia, Slovakia and we'll all think oh, it's rosy again. I don't think we will. I think no. I think it was a tipping point actually this time around. I mean, losing yeah. to Iceland actually means oh come on, this is it. That's the that's it. You know, that's not Iceland. How, how can I mean? I, I don't see losing to Iceland as a as a bigger tipping point. Uh, losing to a well organised side than going out of a tournament after five days as we did two years ago. I, you know, I think that's when we're on our knees and I think we're dropping back down there now. But I don't think it's any. Lower I just than think a that whoever that whatever the problem you've got is is a institutional one within the within English football, the the lack of emotional maturity is the biggest problem. And how you sort that, I do not know, because it's an issue that only affects most of them when they wear that shirt and that badge. Mm -hmm. you can only well, develop, Stephen Gerrard was fascinating talking about it, wasn't he? You know, this is a man who has single-handedly dragged the side back in the Champions League final from 3-0 from down. Yeah. And yet he admits, you know, the pressure that is on you with England, you do start thinking, I'm going to get slaughtered here by the fans, by the media when we get home. And, and, and it's, you know, it's just entirely different than, than being at club level. But it seems, as Martin says, it seems that only England footballers have this problem. Well, if you look at it, you know, Brazilians have to put up with a, a absolutely rancid media at times. The Germans are under pressure. The Germans have had a terrible stick at this tournament yeah. to the first yeah. couple of games. You know, far worse than and anything. And Portuguese have all the way through this, yeah. so, and they're still in it. Yeah, and <laughs> the, Italian, the Italian team arrived at uh, the Euros with their media saying it's the worst team in 50 years. So yeah. everyone gets it. Better. It's just that our lot can't cope with it for whatever reason. And I'm sorry, but... You have to do more work then with the younger kids, the, the, the younger ages, and, and build from the bottom upwards. Yeah, but they still end up turning up with the tournament and they fear the baggage, feel the baggage of history. They just do. And it's, I, unless, we, unless we somehow squeeze our way through a penalty shootout in a match, we've got to get to the knockout stage first, um, <laughs> it will always be there. I, I, I don't see any reason to believe it's going to get any better. Maybe that's it. We just say, go on then, come up. We'll see, we'll see you on the, after the group stage. If you come out any longer, we'll give you a knighthood. I don't know. We've got, we've got to get to the knockout stage and then on recent evidence, draw Germany or Italy and we, we might just have yeah. a chance. Talking Probably of, not. You know, France have come to the party now and you know, watching them dismantle Iceland, especially in the first half, you looked at that and you thought, what would they have done to England in that fall? But it would have been a very different game because England yeah. wouldn't have had, would have been a different mentality going into it. But not saying they would have won because I think France would have beaten them, mm. but it would have been a completely different game because England wouldn't have been, oh gosh, we're going to get pilloried if we lose to this lot because the expectation was they were going to lose. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's and very... Remember, Iceland went into the England game with absolutely no expectations on sure. them, whereas last yeah. night people are saying, well, hang on, if they've done that to uh, to England, then maybe they can get a, a result mm. against France. But what we saw last night was, was a team who were without um, Kante, uh, and yeah. able to bring in Matuidi and Pogba, they've just got France have just got more strength in depth than England. They've also got, for me, a great striker in Olivier Giroud. I know he gets so much uh, abuse and stick from Arsenal fans, from France fans as well, who questioned whether he could uh, he could carry the hopes of the nation. But he's proved himself at this tournament. You know, he's taken he's taken a battering up and down the field from uh, from teams, and mm. uh, I was so pleased for him. There's a sense that 
France have arrived at their own party, would that be enough to get them past Germany? Possibly. Um, this is not the Germany of two years ago, albeit um, it's a better shape now than they started. But they've lost Gomez, which is a big problem because mm. he gave a team definition. So what do they do up top? Are they going to go back to Goetze as a false nine, which doesn't really work? Do they go Müller there, which is his natural position because he's really a nine and a half playing off? So they've got issues. They've got no Kadira. Midfield, sir. Potentially yeah. no Hampered. Schweinsteiger. Hummels is suspended. Um, so they they are more vulnerable. So they, one assumes they go. Whoever uh, is back at centre half, I I, mm. I guess alongside. Um, They'll go to a, they'll go back to four two three. Be back with a four with a four. Um, I'm not sure that Hector's that good actually defensively. Although Kimmich is a real player. Mm. If Schweinsteiger's not fit, then who do they play alongside Cruz? I'm not sure they, they know themselves. So that'd be really interesting how they... So they are vulnerable, but they're Germany, aren't they? <laughs> they know how to get it done. They have that ability. Even when they don't play particularly well, even when they miss penalties now, blimey, Germany's missing penalties, they find a way to get a result. And that's the, the, the psychology of the team. The, the Germans' core strength is that they expect to win. The world champions aren't there as well, you know, so they've, they've got that. But I, I look at the France team now, again, you know, comparing a game against Iceland to a game against Germany, two completely different uh, matters. But the confidence they'll have got, the fact that four of the players, you know, the Griezmann scoring Pogba, talk about someone, you know, an individual finally arriving at the party. He was the one I was really looking forward to see this tournament. Hasn't really turned up. What a header that was. And, and you know, for Giroud to, to have a couple of goals now as well, I, I think they will go into that Germany game thinking, absolutely, we can we can do this. We've and they got beat them in November, albeit the game was yeah. over, overtaken by events outside mm, the pitch. Sure. But the actual performance, France were quite good. You mentioned Kimmich there, Martin. Now, listen to Pep Guardiola on him. He says he's going to become one of the best central defenders in the world. People are already looking at him. I'm told he's a midfielder by trade. Well, you, you, you know, people are looking at him as a new Philippe Blanc, yes. which is which is some compliment. But let's dwell on Pep. He turns up for Manchester City. You know, he enters the Magic Kingdom on on Sunday. You know, hype everywhere. Just how good is he? And just how good does he need to be to get that team back going again? Well, clearly he's an outstanding coach in terms of getting teams to play to play the way he wants them to play but at both Barcelona and Bayern Munich he had receptive dressing rooms who were willing to play who were both used to having all the ball as well anyhow and he's just added guilt to, to that and, and arguably much more talented dressing rooms as well that mm. for now he's got at City whereas at City he's got a team that don't play that aggressive high press so unless he changes the squad and the culture of the squad. And the mentality of the squad. It's going to be very difficult to replicate that style of football. Time was the key word, wasn't it? I mean, how many, how many times did he, yeah. he, he plead almost uh, in that press conference, you know, and say to people, look, I need time to, to get my ideas He's across. not going to do it in six weeks or th no. four, five weeks at the start of the season. Mm -hmm. That's just not viable. So I do think that City will be, if they're vulnerable at all this year, it will be in the first two months yeah. until they yeah. get into the rhythm of what he wants to do to them. That doesn't mean to say that there will be a problem because it may well be that he actually has this bang immediate effect and he buys, gets in the five players he wants and they immediately attune to it and Aguero stays fit uh, and they find a centre-half who can actually defend, which would be quite nice, and think about the goalkeeper. and they, you know, Defensively, I think they're, they're, they're flawed, clearly. They have been for all of last season. So he needs to get that right as well. But you know that 
it will turn out right in the end. The question is when it starts to work. Mm. Yeah, this coming season, Tom, is going to be defined by the managers. We've got Conte, who's given himself a week off before going into Chelsea. You know, he's, he's going to, if you look at the evidence of the Euros, he's going to make a big impact there. But then you've got a certain Mr Mourinho turning up today for his first day on the job at Manchester United. You've got Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who will be the argent provocateur with the relationship with Guardiola. It's all going to go gangbusters, isn't it? Oh, we've not even mentioned Claudio Ranieri, the, the defending champion who, who will be hoping... And, and on Merseyside we've got Klopp and Koeman. Klopp and Koeman as well. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that, the, the the focus for now, we, we have to wait and see what signings clubs make. I mean, mm. the fact that Ibrahimovic is uh, rocking up at Old Trafford now as well, I mean, that's, that's livened things up as well. But for now, the, the managerial uh, recruits uh, it's, it's going to be a stunning season, isn't it? And I, I'm looking forward as much to the, the stuff we're going to be reading on a Saturday morning from press conferences and hearing from them on their Friday week to week. I mean, particularly having Guardiola and, and Mourinho just round the corner, you know, at least when they're in Spain. I mean, there was an all-out war. and that they was, don't like that each was other, a long, They were, they were based a hundred, hundreds of miles away from each other, weren't mm. they? You know, now, now just a, you know, a good throw of a cricket ball away from each other. So it, it, it watched, you know, the blue touch paper get Yeah, there. it's a small place, isn't it, Manchester? You know, they'll bump into one another. <laughs> On some front. Yeah. It's, going to, it's yeah. going to be fascinating to see how they go. You hope that there's a bit more maturity in their relationship. No, you don't. Why? I'm with Martin. But you know, I'd, rather, I'd rather they actually took on each other on a football basis, but they won't because it would get nasty. Because if one of them's in the ascendant, the other will start playing out, particularly if City get off to a flyer. Mourinho loves to play that game, he's very adept at it. And it gets inside Guardiola's skull. We know that. He's admitted it. It did his head in last yeah. time. And Mourinho will know that, and therefore he'll play the game. And why not? Because that's part of it. You want to win. You know, for most managers, by any means necessary, is the is, is the motto. One, one big name is going to come up short this season, at least one big name, maybe mm. two. I mean, you look at uh, Conte. I mean, I can't wait. To, and he's almost flying a little bit under the radar, given what's going on in Manchester and, and on Merseyside. I can't wait, having seen him in the dugout at, uh, at the Euros, to see him down at Chelsea. You know the what all the history. But will all that, that repetitive drills? Given that was a re one of the reasons they fell out with Mourinho, mm. how are they going to take to this bloke? Mm. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Well, you know, he's, he's an, clearly an outstanding coach. But the thing we know that Chelsea players don't like is being screamed and shouted at all the time. Mm. Well, they'll become ex-Chelsea players, then, won't they? Well, yeah, but he can't get rid of the entire squad. <laughs> It's not just the Premier League either, though, is it? You know, I mean, the Championship yeah. as well. Look at the number of great managers in the Championship, sure. or big name managers yeah. as well. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. The, the managerial um, yeah. merry-go-round this year will be great to see. One potential manager is Ryan Giggs. Now, I fear for him in management, to be perfectly honest. Um, are you sad that he's left Manchester United, or is it a practical, pragmatic decision? I think it was inevitable. From the moment Mourinho was installed, that basically over that weekend of the Cup final, it was pretty clear that Giggs couldn't stay and that Mourinho didn't want him to stay either. He'd have accepted him if he had to, but in a lesser role, in a demeaning role. So it just couldn't happen. Um, so Giggs had to dis go his own path. The thing about Ryan is he is a single-minded so-and-so. Let's be honest, he's always had that in him. He's always had his, his goals and his certainties and his, his fixed purpose. Uh, but for the first time in his life, he's been cut adrift from the you know from the the ship of state mm. and how he coped with that will be fascinating to see in itself look it doesn't preclude him going back to united at some point in the future but there's an awful lot of 
you know, future Manchester United managers, none of whom have become Manchester United manager, from that Ferguson crop. There's a reason, perhaps, for that, that they were maybe slightly kept out of the real world because of the sheer brilliance of Ferguson as a manager meant that they weren't tested in the way that they, or, they may have... Either that or they just haven't been given the chance. Yeah. I mean, look at Steve Bruce, you know, everything he's achieved. You know, you, arguably he does deserve mm. a, a shot at, at Manchester United, but he's, he's certainly not going to get it for a few years yet. Um, I, I would love to see Giggs go to uh, a League One side and, you know, really learn, mm. uh, really learn about management and, and, you know, making those decisions, the substitutions, you know. And, and, and we can all... It's easy for us to sit on a sofa and say he should have brought that substitute on at that time, as we have done with Roy, you know, he should have done this, he should have done that. But to actually be in the dugout learning your trade, that's the only way he's ever going to end up back in charge of Manchester United. See, I think you might end up at, at Wales, but putting that to one side, we're going to put our heads on the block now. Semi-final, score lines, who's going through, Martin? Portugal to win 2-1, probably after extra time, with Ronaldo scoring the winner. And... France to edge out Germany with home advantage by the odd goal. I think it's going to be a Wales-France uh, final. I, I think the confidence that Wales have got from uh, that game against Belgium, they'll take that in. They're playing not as good a side as Belgium for my mind, so I'll, I'll go 2-1 to Wales in that game with a Bale winner, just to contradict <laughs> you. And, uh, yeah, I just see the, the French, I, I see them beating Germany with, uh, as, as Martin says, with the home advantage and the confidence they've got 2-0 that one. Well, let's dare to dream... For me, Wales on penalties, Germany 2, France 1. Thanks for joining us here on Life's a Pitch. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.